0: Hello and welcome to Breaking Down Bad Books, a podcast analyzing trashy bestsellers from a literary perspective. And today we're looking at chapters 16 and 17 of Eclipse, titled Epoch and Alliance. Ooh, sounds so fancy. More one-word chapter headings, exciting. So where we left off? Bella pretty much realized that one day, soon, she'll turn into a vampire, and then she won't be human again. And she was like, what? That's crazy. She's like, maybe I'll have newborn strength and kill people. And she's like, why? That's crazy. And I'm like, yeah, no shit. So she's about to graduate. She's gonna have a party. She's full of angst, let's say. So we start chapter 16, Epoch, which means like the end of an era. And she's rummaging around in a cupboard and she can't find anything to wear. She says, my khaki skirt lay over the back of the rocking chair, waiting for me to discover something that went with it, just exactly right. Her khaki skirt, that's in the running. She's trying to find a graduation outfit, just a spoiler alert, and the front runner is her khaki skirt, oh. And she's trying to find something to pair with the khaki skirt, just right. Oh, Bella. She says, oh God, she says, I need something that would make me look beautiful and grown up. Something that said, special occasion. And you're going with a khaki skirt? A khaki skirt. Is she punking me at this point? What, What? a khaki skirt? She says, unless I find something better to wear, I'm gonna be wearing my old sweats. And she's scowling at the pile of clothes on her bed. And she says the kicker was that I knew exactly what I would have worn if it was still available. My kidnapped red blouse. I don't think that would have gone with your khaki skirt. She's so infuriated. She's like, ah, they took my blouse. Go out and buy a new blouse, perhaps. She says, I punched the wall with my good hand. Maybe if you break your hand punching Jacob, you shouldn't be using your other hand to punch a wall. If you've got a broken hand, don't punch things as a rule. And she says, stupid, thieving, annoying vampire. Referring to the vampire that stole her red blouse. But Alice is there all of a sudden and she's like, you are talking to me? And so Alice passes her a white box and there's clothes inside of it. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Otherwise Bella would be walking up to get a diploma wearing a khaki skirt. And Bella's like, mm, okay, this is actually quite appreciated. Thanks for that. And Alice says, well, it's nice to get something right for a change. You don't know how irritating it is, missing things the way I have been. I feel so useless, so normal. Ah, oh, oh, is this really the first time you've ever missed something, Alice? You're useless. And Bella's like, oh yeah, normal. Imagine that, shock horror. And Alice says, well, at least this makes up for missing your annoying thief. Now I just have to figure out what I'm not seeing in Seattle. And oh my God, this is so frustrating. Bella says, when she said the words that way, putting the two situations together in one sentence, right then it clicked. Oh, now it clicked. The elusive something that had been bothering me for days. The important connection that I couldn't put quite together. And she's staring at Alice having this huge brainwave. And she says, it's the same. And Alice is like, what are you talking about? She goes, Alice, listen, listen to me. Forget the clothes, Alice. It's the same, don't you see? The one who broke in and stole my things and the new vampires in Seattle, they're together. And I was honestly shocked when I read this because I did not realize that they didn't know that those two things were linked. I thought we'd all assumed, like, oh, there's a newborn vampire army in Seattle and also a random vampire that none of us have ever smelled before has stolen Bella's things. Immediately, I'm like, oh, that's Victoria. But they didn't even connect the two. And she's having a full-on realisation just from the way that Alice said the two situations together in one sentence. Why has no one ever put that in one sentence before? Why do you need something to be put into one sentence to understand that there could be connections? And maybe I could understand Bella not realising it straight away, but surely Carlisle's put two and two together. Surely. Surely, 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 but no, no one has. Alice is shocked. She drops whatever she was holding in her fingers and now she's like, what do you mean? She's like, what? Bella says, remember what Edward said about someone using holes in your vision to keep you from seeing the newborns? And then what you said before about the timing, how careful my thief was not to make contact as if he knew you wouldn't see. Alice, I think he did know. I think they were also using those holes. And what are the odds that two different people (laughs) are trying the same strategy at the same time? Yeah, what are the odds? Why would you ever think they were separate? She says, it's the same, Alice. It's one person. She's really over explaining, by the way. It's one person. The one who is making the army is the one who stole my scent. Like, yeah, no fucking shit. But she says, Alice wasn't accustomed to being taken by surprise. Oh, wasn't she? Oh, wasn't she? She's not accustomed to being taken by surprise. She seems to always be taken by surprise lately, but she freezes. She's like, oh my God, you're right. When you put it that way, Bella. Oh, like for fuck's sake. Are we really giving props to Bella for this? Oh my goodness. And Alice is already caught up. She's like, oh yeah, okay. I got what you're putting down, Bella. But Bella's like, let me over explain it some more. She says, Edward had it wrong. It was a test to see if it would work. If he could get in and out safely, as long as he didn't do anything, you would be watching out for, like trying to kill me. And he didn't take my things to prove he'd found me. He stole my scent so that others could find me. And Alice is shocked. Her eyes were wide with shock. And she's like, oh my God, I'm right. And it's like, oh my God, I thought we all thought that they took the clothes to get your scent. Did we not cover this? This seems like the most obvious thing in the world. But also, why do the vampires need her clothes to smell her and therefore track her down? She lives in the house that that person was just visiting. Just give them the address. Instead of saying, here, smell this shirt and go follow her. Just say, hey, she lives on dipshit lane. In forks. If she's not there, she'll be at school. Like well, come on guys. I don't know why we need to be smelling clothes here. And also I love how Bella, she thinks she's so smart putting this all together, but she keeps saying, He didn't take my clothes. He stole my scent. And like yeah, we know it's Victoria. Like the reader knows. And I don't know if Stephanie's trying to be smart by throwing us off the scent by using the masculine pronoun. Like, oh we'll never put it together because she didn't say she instead of he but no, B- Bella doesn't figure it out. She's figured out this much, which she should be congratulated for, even though I thought we all already knew it. And then because Bella's a ridiculously sacrificial person, she says, I processed the fact that someone had created an army of vampires for the express purpose of destroying me. And I felt a spasm of relief. And she's like, oh God, that's a relief. Everyone can relax. No one's trying to kill the Collins. Oh God, that's Such a weight off my chest. I don't know why she's ruling that out as well. Like, why would you create a newborn army just to kill you, Bella? I don't know if she needs an army to take her down. And Alice is like, "Uh, don't know why you're so relieved. If someone wants one of us, they're going to have to get through the rest of us to get to her. God, that's a clunky sentence, Alice. You might be able to see the future. You might be able to run really fast, but you're not good at constructing a sentence. If someone wants one of us, they're going to have to go through the rest of us to get to her, okay, all right. And Bella's like, yeah, that's very nice of you to say, Alice, but at least we know what they're really after. That has to help. How are they not suspecting Victoria at this point? Isn't Alice keeping an eye on Victoria? Where is Victoria in all of this? So then Charlie starts knocking on the doorbell, like, we're gonna be late, hurry up. And so Alice has to leave. And Alice is like, oh, I better go because Edward's coming. And if he hears this, it's going to be bad. And Bella's like, oh my God, quick, go, go. She says Edward would go berserk when he knew. I couldn't keep it from him for long, but maybe the graduation ceremony wasn't the best time for his reaction. So just let him find out now. Before you get to graduation. I don't really know if he'd appreciate you keeping this from him, but okay, you do you. So Alice runs off before Edward gets within range of reading her mind. And then she puts on the clothes that Alice gave her. And she tells us, (sighs) Alice's sweater and skirt ensemble worked. So she ended up just wearing a sweater and a skirt and that's what stumped her. Oh, Alice, you saved the day with a sweater and skirt ensemble. Would it have killed her to just whack on a dress or like a pantsuit? A sharp pantsuit for graduation. Oh, a sweater and a skirt, and Charlie. He's like, "Oh, you look nice." <laughs> Charlie couldn't give a shit. He's like, "Oh yeah, you look great in that sweater and skirt combo. You look great. Let's go. We're gonna be late. Hit. Let's hit the road." So then Edward pulls up. Charlie's annoyed at Edward as he always is. Charlie's going to drive them to graduation, and he's annoyed that Edward's in the car, and Edward's being polite, and Charlie's being gruff. Ugh. Okay. It is kind of funny though, that Charlie's shoving Edward out in the back of the police cruiser, like behind the partition and everything. Like he's a criminal, that's quite funny. And Edward can sense there's tension. He can't read Bella's mind, but he can read her face. And she's all like, huh, huh. And so then Edward's like, are you okay? And she's visibly distressed. So Edward's like, are you okay? And she's like, just nervous. So she's just lying. And Edward's like, oh, don't be nervous. And then Charlie, he's like, wedging himself between them. And he's like, God, this is a big deal, Bells. You're graduating from high school. It's just the real world for you now. You're not my little girl anymore. And he starts choking up. And I'd be touched if I didn't remember that I hate him from last chapter. So I hate him still. So I'm not in a place to think that Charlie's all lovable and cute. Give me time though. I will come back around. So then Charlie has to go around to the back entrance with the rest of the parents or something or other. And she says it was pandemonium as Miss Cope from the front office and Mr. Varna, the maths teacher, tried to line everyone up alphabetically. I love how there's only four teachers at Forks High. There's Mr. Varna, there's Miss Cope, there's the biology person, the English person, and that's it. (laughs) Very short-staffed at Forks High. And why is it pandemonium? trying to line people up alphabetically. I mean, it's, it's alphabetical order. That's the order. It should not be that hard as long as you know the alphabet. Does Miss Cope not know the alphabet perhaps? Well, maybe Mr. Varner doesn't because he says up front, Mr. Cullen. Uh, So unless there's any A's or B's in the class, then I guess he would be up front but I doubt he's at the very front. And then Jess Stanley, she's like, oh, Bella, back here. You're back here with me because she's Stan Lee. Bella is Swan. So we're all figuring out the alphabet somehow. We're, we're making our way through the alphabet and getting an order. So I don't know why it's pandemonium. I just think Miss Cope can't cope. She says, Edward goes to stand with the C's and Alice isn't there. And she's like, oh my God, what's Alice gonna do? Skip graduation? Oh, what poor timing on my part. I should have waited to figure things out until after this was over with. Oh, the horror, missing graduation, poor Alice. Even though she's probably graduated 10 times before. This is so upsetting. Oh, she should have had that brilliant realization about the vampires being connected after graduation. This is so upsetting, the horror. So then she's standing with Jess and Jess is acting like the nicest kid in town. She's like, oh, Bella, I'll miss you, Bella. Remember when we became such fast friends, Bella? I'm gonna go to California, Bella. You're gonna go to Alaska, Bella. I'm gonna miss you so much, Bella. We'll have to party together soon. We've got to catch up. We've got to be friends. Oh God, I loved hanging out with you, Bella, blah, 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 blah. blah." And Bella, she is like, "Ugh, kill me. She has not got the time for Jess Stanley. She is not about it. And I noticed Jess didn't bring up the time that they went to the movie theaters and... Bella went off with that bikey gang. Jess didn't bring that up, which I thought was graceful. And so then apparently Eric is valedictorian. Good for Eric. And so he's giving the speech about new beginnings, blah, blah, blah. Bella's barely listening. She could not give a shit about graduating from high school. So then Principal Green, oh, we've got a fifth staff member at the school, Principal Green, okay. He's calling out the names. And so then she sees Alice rush in line with Edward. Edward. And they're walking up to get their diploma and Edward's behind Alice because it's alphabetical and he's confused. She says he has an expression that's confused, but not upset. And she's thinking, oh, how's Alice getting out of not thinking about my great realisation, my logical, methodical realisation? So then her name's called, she rises from her chair she goes to line up to get the diploma and Billy and Charlie and Jacob are all there and they're screaming for her, they're cheering. And she says, I managed to throw them an approximation of a smile. Oh, she managed. She managed to squeeze out a smile. Like it's that hard, Bella? Are you full of Botox? Why can't you crack a smile? So she gets a diploma. She goes to stand next to Jessica with the other graduates. And she says, Jess was all red around the eyes and she kept blotting her face with the sleeve of her robe. It took me a second to understand that she was crying. Oh, it took you a second to understand that. You're so brilliant when it comes to vampire tactics, but it takes you a second to figure out that someone with red eyes wiping their face is crying. And she's like shocked by that. And then, oh, this is so sad. Bella's such a loser. Bella is the biggest loser she says, Mr. Green said something and she didn't hear it. And then everyone around her shouted and screamed and threw up their hats. And she said, I pulled mine off too late. So instead of throwing it up in the air with everyone else, she just let it fall to the ground because she was so late and delayed. She couldn't throw it in the air. She just let it flop to the ground. That is so sad, Bella. That is so tragic. That's a better metaphor for your life than the magnets on the fridge. And then Jessica, she's still balling. And she's like, oh, Bella, so glad we met Bella. We'll have to keep in touch, Bella. And Bella finally throws her a bone and she says, oh yeah, I'm glad I know you, Jessica. It was a good two years. All right, so it's been two years. I know I get confused with the timeline, so that's a good reminder. It's been two years, solid. So then Edward comes over and he congratulates her, and he's like, Hmm, you still seem a bit nervous. And she's like, Am I? (laughs) Must be about the party. (laughs) And he's like, Uh, okay. And then she says, Where's Alice? And he says, Oh, she ran out as soon as she had her diploma. And he's like, Wait a minute. What's going on here? Why are you worrying about Alice? And Bella says, Well, what was she thinking about to keep you out, I mean? And he's like, Huh. why do you know that she was thinking something to keep me out of her head? And he says she was translating the battle hymn of the Republic into Arabic. When she finished that, she moved on to Korean sign language. All right, that's just showing off, Alice. You could have just hummed along to the Spice Girls or something. You didn't have to do all that translation from Arabic and into Korean sign language. I mean, come on. So Edward says, you know what she's hiding from me? And she says, sure, I'm the one who came up with it. She's all smug. She's all smug. She doesn't want Edward to find out at graduation. She's like, oh no, we have to go to all of these lengths so Edward doesn't find out. Now's not the time and the place. And then she just tells him. She just tells him. She says, knowing Alice, she'll probably try to keep this from you until after the party. But since I'm all for the party being canceled, well, it's always better to know as much as possible. <laughs> it has to help. And so she just tells him. But she does say, please be calm. And then after she's finished talking about her theory, his face turned so white that she had a hard time finishing. What? His face had turned so white that I had a hard time finishing. He wasn't stopping you. His face just turned white, whiter than it is usually. Why would that stop you in your tracks? And yet, yeah, as expected, he doesn't take it well, which is why... Alice was translating Arabic and Korean sign language and you just went and told him five minutes later. Where is your tact, Bella? What a dickhead. What a dickhead. And then she says, but no one's coming for you, don't you see? This is good. Esme and Alice and Carlisle, no one wants to hurt them. Hooray. Read the room, Bella. Edward clearly only cares about you. You're his priority. He's not going to take it as a consolation prize that no one's going to be wanting to kill Emmett. He's not interested in that. She says, his eyes were huge, wide with panic, dazed and horrified. Uh, Yeah, they would be. And she says, he could see that I was right, just as Alice had. Oh, because you're so fucking brilliant. Of course your idea is correct. How did he not think of it previously? I don't want to get down that rabbit hole again. Let's just move on. So then Charlie comes over, he says, congrats. He says that Billy and Jacob had to run. And so Edward, he's just standing there with his mouth open and his eyes filled with dread. And Charlie's just trying to make small talk. And she's distracted by Edward's expression. And she says, okay. So telling Edward had been a really bad idea. You yeah, know, shit. That's why Alice went to all those lengths and you ruined it. She thinks, I should have probably waited until we were alone somewhere. Oh, da doy doy, Bella, doy, And Charlie's prattling on about how he wants to go out somewhere to celebrate for dinner. And he suggests the Lodge. And she's like, ugh, the Lodge, I hate the Lodge. She says, I did not particularly enjoy Charlie's favorite restaurant. Like, okay, do you want a fucking medal? So you don't like a restaurant. It's the only restaurant in town, Bella, it's Forks. If you want fine dining, you might have to go to Seattle, but guess what? There's vampires there that want to kill you. So just put up with the Lodge. And Charlie, I think in quite a gesture of goodwill, he invites Edward along and Edward's like, nah, I'm good, thanks, if you'll excuse me. And he just walks away. And Charlie's like, oh boy, did I finally really get through to him? Uh, Ooh, I guess I shouldn't be so mean to the poor kid. Was it something I said? And Bella's like, don't worry, dad. I don't think it's about you. And then Charlie gets all excited and he's like, woohoo, you two fighting again? And she says, mind your own business, dad, no one's fighting. And so then they go to the lodge. And if you didn't already get the impression that she doesn't like the lodge, she says, the place was, in my opinion, overpriced and tacky. (laughs) Okay, yeah, sure. But it was the only thing close to a formal restaurant in town. So it was always popular for events. (laughs) I love getting the backstory on the lodge. She needs to write a sequel all about the lodge. And then she tells us, That while she's eating, when Charlie's too busy socializing, she picks at her burger, stuffing pieces of it into the napkin when she's sure that he's not looking. So she's not even eating her burger. She hates the lodge so much. So she's just sitting there staring at the clock, really not having a good time. And then she says, finally, Charlie got his change and put a tip on the table. And I stood up and he's like, oh God, you want to hurry? And she's like, yeah, I want to go to the party. So she's just blowing off Charlie super quick. Poor Charlie. So she walks out and she leans against the passenger door of the car, just waiting for Charlie to say all his goodbyes. She's really trying to wrap him up. Sorry if you're having fun at the lodge, Charlie. And then something comes out of the corner of her eye and she's like, oh my God, I'm gonna get killed. No, it's just Edward. And Edward hugs her. I don't know why Edward would be sneaking up on her like that. Seems a bit insensitive. And he says, I've got a handle on myself now. Sorry, I lost it back there. And she says, oh, it's my fault. I should have waited to tell you. And he says, no, that was actually something I needed to know. I can't believe I didn't see it. Yeah, me neither. And then he's like, oh, I gotta go. Charlie's on his way. I don't know why you're hiding from Charlie. But then Charlie walks out. So Edward runs off. He cannot be seen by Charlie because he didn't accept his dinner invitation and it would be too awkward to show up later, I guess. I'm not too sure. And so then Charlie's like, What's going on, Bells? How do you feel? What are you worried about the party or something? And she's like, "Oh, enough of the chit chat, Dad." And he says, "Sorry, I didn't get you a graduation present. I feel like I don't always do everything for you that I should." Yet, would it have been that hard to get her like a candle, a pen, a nice graduation pen that's always classy, some bath bombs even? Like, would it be that hard, Charlie? And he knows that he should have given her something, but he just couldn't be bothered. So he's like, "Sorry." Didn't get you anything. And she's like, don't fret, dad. You're the world's best dad. And I'm really glad I came to live with you, dad. <laughs> she's saying dad a lot. It was the best idea I ever had. So don't worry. You're just experiencing post-graduation pessimism. And he's like, nah, but really, like, look at your hand. I haven't taught you how to punch. You weren't punching with your thumb and your fist, were you? And she's like, no, dad. So Bella says, I thought you were on Jacob's side about the whole punching thing anyway. And he says, no matter what side I'm on, if someone kisses you without your permission, you should be able to make your feelings clear without hurting yourself. Which kind of sounds nice, maybe. I still hate Charlie for that. And then he says, hit him in the gut next time. And she's like, what, next time? And he says, oh, don't be too hard on the kid, he's young. And she says, he's obnoxious. And he says, he's still your friend. She's like, he assaulted me? And I punched him because it was that egregious. And Charlie's like, boys will be boys. I don't like that. I do not like. So Charlie's driving her to the Cullens' house and he's like, oh, so where's, where's the exit again off of this highway? Where's the driveway? And then they see all of these trees lit up with twinkle lights, she says. Trees on either side of the drive in thousands of twinkle lights, impossible to miss. I don't know if there's a point out in the woods near the Cullens' house or Alice has rigged up a really long extension cord. I'm not too sure how they've done this, but they've got rows and rows of trees in twinkle lights. I call them fairy lights. I don't know if twinkle lights is like an American thing. If you're from America, let me know. And they lead all the way to the house. And Charlie says, she doesn't do things halfway, does she? So she gets out of the car and she says with a sigh, I marched up the stairs to endure my party. Oh, to endure your party. Is it that hard to just try and have fun, Bella? So that was the end of that chapter. We go to chapter 17, Alliance. Oh, I wonder who that could be between an alliance.
1: Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
0: And we pick up straight away, there's Edward saying, oh, hi, Bella. And he kisses her. But... The kiss frightens her. There was too much tension, too strong an edge to the way his lips crushed mine. He was afraid we only had so much time left to us. I think she might be reading into things a bit. She's overanalyzing the kiss. And Bella says, All right, well, let's get this stupid party over with. And she walks in, and then she's frozen for a minute while she's looking around, and she says, Unbelievable. She says the interior of the Cullens' home had been transformed into a nightclub. (laughs) Okay, the kind that didn't often exist in real life, only on TV. Has she ever been to a nightclub? Didn't often exist in real life. How do you know? What clubs have you been to? You went out the front of a bikey gang bar in Port Angeles. That's all the experience you have. So Alice is calling out from beside a gigantic speaker and she says, Edward, I need your advice. And she's pointing towards a stack of CDs, (laughs) CDs. And she says, should we go familiar and comforting or educate them in their taste of music? And Edward's like, just keep it comforting. And Alice is like, okay. And so she throws away a bunch of CDs into a box. Bella also tells us that Alice is wearing a sequined tank top and red leather pants. Okay, Buffy. And Bella's like, oh, do you really think people will come? And they're like, yes, obviously. Alice could see the RSVPs. She can't see much, but she can see that. And Edward says, yeah, everyone's dying to see the inside of the reclusive Cullens' mystery house. So then the doorbell rings. And everyone starts coming to the party. There's Jessica, there's Mike, there's Tyler, there's Connor, there's Austin, Austin. Have we ever heard of Austin before? There's Lee, there's Samantha, Samantha? Which one was Samantha? Oh, who cares? Even Lauren, even Lauren was there, she says. And then Angela and Ben come in and then Eric and Katie are walking up. It's the whole class. Every name we've ever heard in passing, they're here. And she says, even though the party had been billed as a joint event for Alice, Edward and Bella, most of the humans are just coming up and talking to Bella. And she thinks that's because the Cullens have that inbuilt predator prey thing that repels people, but simultaneously draws people to them. I've never quite understood that concept. She thinks that atmosphere doesn't make the average human feel relaxed when standing next to someone like Emmett. And she sees Emmett grin at Mike and Mike flinches. And she thinks, Probably Alice did this on purpose to force me into the center of attention. What? Like, it's not all about you, Bella. I mean, yeah, Alice probably would do that if she could, but they're vampires. I don't think she arranged for them to be creepy just so you could be more popular. How could she have done that? She says the party was a clear success despite the instinctive edginess caused by the Cullens' presence. (laughs) What? Imagine like coming home from that party. Imagine you're Eric or Austin or Connor or Lee or Samantha and you come home and your parents like, hey, how was your party? And you're like, you know what? It was good. But there was this instinctive edginess around the place that I just couldn't quite put my finger on. But it was still a hoot. The CD stack was great. And Bella says, from the way the food disappeared, that must've been good too. See how she says, the food must've been good. And earlier she was hiding her burger in her napkin. I'm really worried about Bella. She might have some eating disorder issues and I'm concerned. Soon enough, she'll be a vampire and she won't have to worry about that. But I am, I am concerned. Or at least I'm concerned that we've got a character with obvious eating issues that aren't being addressed in a way that might be helpful for someone reading this who might also be experiencing eating issues. I don't know if it's addressed in the way that would be beneficial. So there's a party going on. She describes the party. It's pretty fucking boring. And then at one point, Edward says, I'll be back in a sec. And he goes off to the kitchen and she's like, what's going on? And she says he was leaning over someone, but I couldn't really see past all the heads between us. So then she's stretching up onto her tippy toes, trying to see what Edward's doing. Just walk towards the kitchen. I don't know why she's trying to crane her neck. She's stepping on her tippy toes to see what's going on. Just enter the kitchen, Bella. And she sees Alice for like a second. And she's like, oh, Alice has had a vision. So she's like, well, fuck whoever I'm talking to. Sorry, Jess Stanley, I gotta run to that kitchen. So she goes into the kitchen, but Edward's already gone. And Alice is still there and her face is blank. She says it's the kind of expressionless look you see on the face of someone who had just witnessed a horrible accident. So Bella immediately, she's like, Alice, Alice, what did you see? What did you see, Alice? And I'm like, can you give the girl some room? Let her breathe, even though she cannot physically breathe. But Alice is too dazed to respond, but then the doorbell rings. How Bella hears the doorbell over the loud music, I'm not too sure, but the doorbell rings and then Alice gets a puzzled look and then she's like, oh, jeez. And she says, who invited the werewolf? And she looks at Bella because obviously Alice's visions don't work when there's a werewolf around. So maybe that's why she was being a space cadet in the kitchen because her whole vision stopped. And Bella goes, guilty. That was me who invited the werewolf, me a culpa. She really did not think that invitation through. Like, of course this was gonna happen. So Bella's like, ah, damn it. So she thinks what happened was Alice had seen what she'd been waiting for so that they must have gotten a signal that means they can go off to Seattle right now or whatever, but then the werewolves came and now she can't say shit. So Bella's like, let's wrap this party up so we can go to Seattle and fight some newborns. That's what she's thinking. And so she goes to answer the door. There's Jacob and Quill and Embry. And she says, they look incredibly tense as they walk into the room. Like they just walked into a haunted crypt, which... They kind of have. She says Jacob was calmer than the others. I guess he's more used to the smell of gross vampire smell, maybe. And so she says to Jacob, What are you doing here? And he's like, Uh, you invited me. What's the big deal? And may I remind you, he did just kiss her repeatedly and she was not enjoying it. And then she punched him in the face and broke her hand. And so then he's like, Oh, come on. Come on. Unch over, little old that. And she says, in case my right hook was too subtle for you, let me translate. That was me uninviting you. I don't know if you still call it a right hook when your hand breaks in the process. And Jacob says, don't be a poor sport. I brought you a graduation present. And she doesn't really care so much about that. She's like, "Mm, I'm not that interested. And she's just still looking around the house trying to find Edward and Alice because she wants to know what's going on. And Jacob's like, excuse me focus, accept my present. And he says, God, look, I'm sorry about the other day. I shouldn't have kissed you like that. I guess I was deluded into thinking that you wanted me. And she was like, yeah, deluded. That's right. And she's like, oh, fine. Apology accepted. Whatever. Now, excuse me. And she's still trying to find Alice. And Jacob's over it. He's like, okay, fine. I guess you'd rather be with your real friends. I get it. And then she's like, oh, don't guilt trip me. And she says, "Oh, Jake oh, Jake, you know, that's not fair. And he says, do I? And she says, of course it's not fair, Jake. And then she's like trying to make him feel better because he just did a wonderful guilt trip on her and it worked. And she's like, okay, Jake, you said you made me a present. What is it? Can I have my present, Jake? And Jacob's like, oh, okay, here you are. And he pulls out this small little bag and it's tied shut with leather drawstrings. And she says, hey, that's pretty, Jake. Thanks which just seems so insincere. She is a fake ass bitch. And he says, the present's inside the bag, Bella. And she goes, oh, how fucking rude. How fucking rude. He's like, he's come out here on a limb. He did the dirty on you two chapters ago. He was a bad man. I get all of that. But he's come here in good faith to give you a present. And you're more than happy to accept the apology And open the present, but then you're like shading the present in front of him. I think that's bad form. I think it's poor form. Or she's just an idiot who assumes a gift bag is a present. Ah. And so she opens it up and it's a bracelet. And he says, oh, I didn't make the bracelet, just the charm. And so on the charm, there's a tiny wooden carving of a werewolf. (laughs) Well, of a wolf. And she says it was so realistic. She says it was even carved out of some red-brown wood that matched the color of his skin. Oh, boy, oh, boy. Just when you think you're gonna get a chapter without a reference to his skin color, there it is. Okay, so now I'm actually, I'm switching again and I'm thinking it's quite inappropriate for Jacob to give her a bracelet with a Pandora charm of himself on it. I think that's a bit much. Especially when she's trying to friendzone you if a girl's trying to friend zone you, don't get her jewelry. And if you do, don't give her a charm bracelet with your little mascot on it. But she's impressed. She's like, wow, Jake, you made this. That's amazing. And they have a whole little chat about that. And he's like, will you wear it? And she's like, of course I will, Jake. No, this is when you say, actually, it's a bit inappropriate. Could you make me a vampire figurine instead? And I'll wear that on my bracelet. And then they're like making up, they're grinning at each other. And he says, well, why are you so distracted anyway? And she's like, oh, it's nothing. And he's like, Bella, you're the worst liar in the world. Something's going on, isn't it? And she says, Jake, nothing's going on. And he says, don't lie to me. You suck at lying. What the hell's going on? We need to know these things. And she's like, all right, Jacob, I'll tell you. I just need to figure out what I, what I need to tell you first. All right, I need to figure out what's happening. I need to talk to Alice. And she says, understanding lit his expression. The psychic saw something. Yeah, Bella, you should have said that earlier. You were trying to give him the slip. Just say, oh, Alice, the psychic saw something. Let me just find out and I'll come right back. There's the punch bowl, help yourself. I don't know why we had to go through this whole charade, this whole five page conversation about a charm bracelet. I don't know why we had to do that. And Jacob's like, oh, is this something to do with that blood sucker that was in your room? And she's like, yeah probably. And he says, oh, you know something you're not telling me, something big. And she's like, yeah, I do actually. And then she tells him, (laughs) she's not really great at withholding information, is she? So she's about to tell them. And then she sees Alice coming downstairs and she's like, oh, there's Alice. Like, why didn't you think to look upstairs? Like, oh, She says, she looked right at me as soon as I called her name, despite the thudding bass that should have drowned my voice. And yet you heard the doorbell. So is it really that loud? I don't know. So Alice comes up to Bella and she says, I need to talk to you. And Bella's like, okay, see you later, Jake. And Jake's like, what? You, no, no, he's had enough. He's like, tell us what the hell's going on. We can help you, as he's been saying previously consistently multiple times. But Jacob's getting a little bit aggro at Alice. And so all of a sudden Jasper rocks up And he's like defending Alice up against Jacob, but all with like nonverbal communication. They're all just like standing there with arms and expressions and things like that. So all the humans are like, la-da-dee, la-da-da, just dancing around them. Meanwhile, there's this vampire werewolf standoff happening in the living room. So then Jacob, he pulls his arm back and he says, look, we have a right to know, guys. Let's fill a bitch in. And then Jasper gets in between Jacob and the werewolves and then the werewolves all brace themselves and they're all like, errr. Jasper forgot that he had mood stabilizing powers, I believe. He could have diffused the situation almost immediately and yet he's not. And then finally, in the middle of this standoff, Alice goes, oh, wait a minute, Jasper, it's okay. He actually might have a point. Ah, the werewolves who wanna fight the vampires might actually have a purpose for us since we're going up a group of vampires and we have no allies. Huh, huh. And Bella, she says, what did you say, Alice? Come on, what did you say? Just tell me. And she says, a decision has been made. (laughs) So she didn't really tell us anything. And yet Bella's like, ah, okay, understood. (laughs) And she says, you're going to Seattle. And Alice says, no. And then Bella's like, no, that means they're coming here. And then the werewolves, they're like, uh, wait, sorry, what? And she says, two forks. And Alice says, yep. And she says, four. And Alice just nods, understanding the question. She says, one of them carried your red shirt. Oh, the red blouse. Yay, she gets her blouse back. She'll finally be able to pair that with her khaki skirt for the next formal occasion she has in her life. This is so exciting. I'm so happy for Bella, they're delivering back her shirt. What a happy ending. So that's my optimistic take, but Bella, she's a pessimist and she's like, no, they can't come here. And she's looking around at the party, just assuming that everyone's gonna get killed. And she's like, Alice, I have to go. I have to get away from here. And Alice says, that won't help. It's not like we're dealing with a tracker. They'll still come looking here first. Oh, remember James was a tracker and tracker vampires are very different to regular vampires because they know how to track. But my question is, she says we're not dealing with a tracker. Then why are they smelling her shirt? They're clearly tracking her scent using her red blouse. But Alice is like, oh, we're not dealing with a tracker here. They're just sniffing your shirt for kicks. She says, they're still gonna come here. And so Bella says, well, I'll have to go and meet them then. If they find out what they're looking for, maybe they'll go away and not hurt anyone else. Oh, yeah, great plan, Bella, great plan. And Jacob's like, for fuck's sake, do you want to fill me in? And Alice finally, she finally says, it's our kind, lots of them, coming for Bella, that's all we know. And Jasper's like, yeah, we'll be fine, dog. It'll be an even fight. And Jacob says, no, it won't. It won't be even, and he gets a little half smile and Alice goes, excellent, because I guess Jacob just made a decision. <laughs> so Alice had a vision. And so then Alice's face is alive with exultation, and Bella's frozen in horror because she's figuring out that the Cullens are going to recruit the werewolves to take on the newborn vampire army. Bella can't stand that thought that more people might be hurt. No, you can't.
2: No, you can't. There must be another way.
0: And Alice says, everything's just disappeared, of course. That's inconvenient, but all things considered, I'll take it. So she's happy the werewolves are going to be on their side fighting, even though she doesn't know the result because she can't see it because of the werewolves. So I don't know why she's that happy. I'd probably be a little bit more cautious. And Jacob's like, cool, let's coordinate a plan of attack. And Bella's like, wait a minute, coordinate? no way. Jacob's like, uh, you didn't really think we'd stay out of this, did you? And she says, you are staying out of this. And Jacob's like, "Mm, your psychic doesn't think so. Mic drop. And Bella says, Alice, tell them no, they'll get killed. And then Jacob, Quill and Embry, they're all like, that's so funny, Bella. You're so dumb. And Alice is like, "Mm, actually, it's kind of a good plan. Probably should have thought of that sooner as well. So they make a plan to come back later tonight so that the Cullens can give the wolves a briefing. And Jasper says, if you're going to fight with us, you'll need some instructions. And Bella is still in the middle of them being like, no. (laughs) And Jacob's like, oh, this will be odd. I never considered working together. This has to be a first. Oh, another thing no one's ever considered. You guys are the worst people at considering things. You're the most inconsiderate. And so they decide to meet at 3 a.m. 3 a.m. I'm sure this party's not going that late. Are you waiting for the humans to leave? Because if so, turn the music off, turn the lights on and tell them to leave. All the humans are already afraid of you because there's an edge of uncertainty in the room. So just tell them all to fuck off and have your meeting at a reasonable time. Three o'clock, that's ridiculous. Because we all know Jacob, he's a sleepy, tired boy. Remember his big nap from the other chapter? So they arrange a meeting place and Jacob's like, cool, see you guys later. They're the best of friends with Alice and Jasper now. And Bella calls out, she says, Jake, no, please don't do this! Exclamation mark, exclamation mark, exclamation mark. And he says, don't be ridiculous, Bells. You're giving me a much better gift than the one I gave you. And she says, no, but the sound of an electric guitar drowned out her cry. (laughs) Oh God, she's useless. And so she watches Jacob run off. She says, I watched helplessly as Jacob disappeared. And that's the end of that chapter. Okay, so that's the end of today's episode. What do you guys think about all the realizations we've had? I was under the impression that we were all already on board with this knowledge, but it was completely new to the characters. So if you were also blindsided, I'd really be interested in hearing your thoughts. In the meantime, while you wait for the next episode, you can join up on Patreon, go to patreon.com slash breaking down bad books and you can access all of the previously published episodes looking at Insurgent, 50 Shades Darker, 365 Days. All those episodes are available for $3 a month and there's one new episode every Friday. And if you haven't yet left a rating or a review, that would be super appreciated. And I will see you guys next week. Bye. Send your burning thoughts, frustrations, and grievances on this latest chapter of this shitty book to breakingdownpod at gmail.com or on Twitter at podbreakingdown and Instagram at breakingdownbadbooks. You can visit www.breakingdownbadbooks.com for all the listen links, contact information, merch, and more. To support the show on Patreon and gain access to exclusive ad-free bonus episodes, visit patreon.com slash breaking down bad books ratings and reviews on your preferred podcast platform are also a fun free way to support the show breaking down bad books is hosted by me nathan brown who you can follow on instagram and twitter at nathanbrown 90 thanks for listening and happy reading